This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, a weekly guide to the best things to see in the Northern Hemisphere's night sky. As we are based here in the UK, all times are in BST. In this episode, we'll be covering the coming week from the 31st of July to the 6th of August. I'm Features Editor Ezzy Pearson, and I'm joined this week by Reviews Editor Paul Money. Hello, Paul. Hello, Ezzy. Uh, Nice to see you again, and uh, let's look forward to what this week has got for us. Absolutely. So what do we have looking forward to moving into August? Almost a last gasp in the evening sky. We mentioned last week we lost Venus, so yes, Venus is out of the way. But Mercury is lingering. It's a very poor apparition. Um, it just happens to be the summer apparitions for Mercury are always very poor because the ecliptic is at a shallow angle. But Mercury is still there. Now, if you possibly can see, you're looking around about half past nine. Now, the further north you go, the higher the sun will be. So the sun might not have set. So bear that in mind. You have to be very careful. It is worth bearing in mind uh, at home if you are any times that we give. It is probably an idea to, to check them at home because it does change exactly when they are. Um, depending on where you are in the country or where you are in the world. Exactly. And if you look towards the west-northwest, in that general region, low down, about 20 minutes after sunset, you should better catch Mercury with Mars a few degrees to its upper left. Mercury will be the brighter of the two, but in twilight, they are going to be struggling. As I say, summer apparitions are really poor for Mercury sort of thing. So if you do see it, count yourself very, very lucky at Mm. actually spotting it. After this, it really is going to struggle and it will drop down. A bit like Venus dropped rapidly back down towards the horizon and disappeared. So Mercury will do the same as well. Moving on, we've got the planets, the giant planets. And we've got the moon. 
And Saturn is now rising before 10pm over in the east with Neptune just a short while later. So if you want to leave it for an hour to let them get a bit higher, you'll notice that from the second, third and fourth, you've got the moon passing Saturn and then Neptune. The moon will be to the right of Saturn uh, on the actual second. Then on the third, it'll be to the lower left of Saturn. So you, you get, you could nice do a nice, like composite picture here if you actually take them because you could photograph it when it's on one side and photograph it and then mo you know merge the two sort of using layers mm. sort of thing i'm sure we could do an astro processing or something like this and you could get showing the motion of the moon past these planets so it's to the right of saturn on the second to the left on the third then the next evening the moon lies directly under neptune but you've got to bear in mind that neptune is not naked eye you will need binoculars no to it's actually not. spot that <laughs> But, but at least you've got the moon to guide you to it. And, of course, you'll have the star charts that I'm sure will be in the magazine at the time. Absolutely. We have a detailed sky guide in every single issue of Sky at Night magazine. So if you want to find out what the planets are doing or generally what's up in the night sky, you can always get there for even more information if Star Diary isn't quite enough for you. Whilst we're in the morning sky, of course, if you leave it a bit later, you will actually have Jupiter and Uranus rising. Now, August the 6th, 2 a.m. in the morning. I know it is a real time, honest. If you're an astronomer, you should know this. You have to get up sometimes for these things. But over due east, we've got Jupiter and Uranus. And they form, uh, most of the time we wait until the moon's there, but they actually form a decent triangle, a very shallow triangle with the Pleiades star cluster. And I always get excited when I can see the Pleiades in the morning sky mm. because to me, yes, winter's on the way. Don't mind the warmth at all, sort of thing. The balmy summer nights are observing sort of thing. But the dark skies, they have so much to offer us sort of thing. And at least we are beginning to see the nights drawing in well now. When we get into August, we start to see some decent dark nights. So, yes, Jupiter, Uranus and the Pleiades make quite a nice shallow triangle. 2 a.m. on the 6th. I mean, Uranus is very slow moving and Jupiter isn't moving very fast at the moment. So it's going to be around for the next week or so, at least in this configuration. So you'll be able to enjoy it. So why not take a picture and capture a star cluster, a distant planet and Jupiter as well? It's actually interesting that you should mention about the Pleiades being the way that, that you sort of say that the night skies are on the way, because actually the Pleiades is something that a lot of cultures use to kind of track out the the, the passing of time. Uh, for instance, we had back in our July issue of Sky at Night magazine, we had a feature about Utah for stargazing and some of the, the native Navajo people's star stories. And one of theirs was that when the Pleiades wasn't in the sky, that was the time that you were supposed to be sowing your seeds. Um, there's various stories about how the, the Pleiades was seven very naughty boys who would steal all your seeds. So you had to wait until they were out of the way. <laughs> um, but you can read about that over on our website, www.skyatnightmagazine.com. I will put a link down to the in the show notes uh, if you want to read more about those star stories. Okay. It's, uh, I mean, I, I, I find, I find them fascinating, you know, the mm. fact that, uh, you know, different cultures saw them in different ways. So, uh, I, I, that is absolutely brilliant. I mean, the seven sisters yeah. and then to think the Navajo see them as seven brothers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite intriguing sort of thing, you know, 
But uh, so, yes, keep an eye on them. So they are up above the horizon. We've got all four giant planets on display at the moment as well in the morning sky. Um, not a lot else is really happening this particular week itself. Um, we've already seen sort of the moon next to Saturn and Uranus sort of thing. So uh, and, and Neptune. We've already seen Saturn uh, with the moon and then Neptune with the moon. But it falls to next week for them to reach Jupiter and Uranus. That's the gap between Neptune and Jupiter and Uranus now. It's got quite large, showing how Jupiter and Uranus have moved on quite a lot along the ecliptic over the last couple mm. of years. However, all week, if you do get clear skies and you like being up in the morning sky, keep an eye out because the Perseid meteor shower, now I know it doesn't peak until next week, but the actual, it starts to rise, activity begins to rise during this particular week sort of thing, usually towards the end of July into the beginning of August. And so it's not one of those things, we, we often hear about these meteor showers for the, the night of the peak, and that's when the media mention it. But the reality is most meteor showers have quite a broad range, but they just build to a peak and then drop back again. So, you know, this is the week to start looking out. You never know. You might spot the Perseids. If you see them, you're looking for something that's radiating away from the sort of like the top end part of Perseus itself on the borderline with Cassiopeia. Technically, by the way, the radiant is actually in Cassiopeia. <laughs> so it's just <laughs> one of those things. But you know, that's down to the reconfiguration of the international boundaries. The International Astronomical Union rearranged the boundaries. So visually, it looks like it's coming from the top end of Perseus. But technically, the radiant actually lies in Cassiopeia. So I always think that's quite a funny thing, sort of thing, the Perseids. We can imagine trying to rename them the Cassiopeids. <laughs> that's a bit more of a mouthful, isn't doesn't, it? It doesn't quite roll off the tongue as well. No. But I say, because these build up, they ramp up, it's worth having a look. Because if you see any meteor that's definitely come from that region of the sky, and that's the key with meteor showers, you track them back. And if mm. it happens to intersect the area where we consider the radiant to be, then you've probably got a Perseid. I do often see photographs where people say, oh, I caught a Perseid, and it's at right angles. <laughs> to It's crossing the path that you should have sort of thing. I mean, you know, quite often you can get a flurry of sporadic meteors, and then that's it. And it's, they're just one-offs. So that's why they're sporadic. So it's one of those things. So, yes, to end the week, keep an eye out. Look out for the Persids as they begin to build. You might see a few. And if you want to find out more about observing the Persids, or in fact, any of the other meteor showers throughout the year, there's this year's actually really good for meteor showers because the moon tends to be out of the way for all of the biggest ones. So that's going to be really good. Um, and we have a guide all about that in our August issue. Um, including some advice about if you want to try and monitor a meteor shower, if you want to try and take um, some some readings of exactly when and how bright various meteors were, which is something that uh, the BAA, the British Astronomical Association, is uh, collates and puts together and is really helpful to scientists. And they actually really like it when people take readings away from the peak because not many people do that but that's just as important if you're trying to monitor these kinds of meteor showers so this week if you are if there's a fine evening and you find yourself at a loose end maybe have a have a look for some meteors and also we should be point out on the 1st of August uh, there is going to be a supermoon so we don't normally talk about the full moon because uh, most astronomers don't tend to like it very much especially when the nights are so light anyway it tends to block out a lot of those dimmer objects in the night sky 
But because the moon's orbit isn't exactly circular, it's a little bit egg-shaped. That means sometimes it's closer in its orbit than others. And on this particular full moon, it's going to be a little bit closer to Earth than it is on most other full moons. Um, and it will be slightly brighter in the night sky, and that's what we call the supermoon. It doesn't really have much of an effect from a sort of astronomy point of view. It's it's mostly a PR thing, to be honest. Um, but people often get very excited when there is a spooper moon because it it will only appear a couple of percent bigger and, and maybe 10% or so brighter. But this one is particularly interesting because it is the first of two that will be happening in August. So when we come back uh, for the week of the 30th, we will be talking about the super blue moon uh, when that one happens again. So it might be interesting to try and capture both of them, one at the beginning and one at the end of the month, uh, if you so wish. And I will put a link in the show notes down to that, or you can pick up the August issue of BBC Sky at Night magazine. But thank you very much, Paul, for taking us through everything this week. To summarise, on the 31st of July, Mercury still lingering in the evening sky with Mars close by. Do be sure to catch that because it is going to start disappearing very soon. Then on the 2nd, 3rd and 4th of August, Saturn is going to be rising in the evening sky with uh, Neptune joining along as well. And over those three nights, the moon will be passing underneath the pair of planets. On the 6th of August, Jupiter and Uranus will form a shallow triangle with the Pleiades. And all week, do keep an eye out for any Perseids that you might see in the night sky. But we'll have more on those next week. So if you want to make sure that you're back to catch those, do subscribe to the podcast and we will see you here next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky this month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for throughout the whole month. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes or neither, our sky guide has got you covered, with detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify. 